I know that our travel habits have been considerably curtailed these past few months. But I suspect that some of us have at least been out to the grocery store or the drug store or maybe to a couple of other essential stops. And I suspect that you have noticed, as I have, a display of signs in the front of houses and even in front of some businesses. And I'm not talking about Christmas decorations, but large signs with one word on it, hope. There are no other words explaining why to have hope or what to hope for or why hope is needed or whether the residents of the house or the workers of the business need hope or if they want others to have hope. But we all know what's behind those signs. The coronavirus has impacted everyone. There is no need to fill a billboard with a message. The one word captures everyone's emotion, everyone's dream, everyone's single need. Hope. It's like an exclamation mark. It's become a bond between strangers, a feeling between friends, and everyone's prayer. And there are other hopes, of course, that are common to human nature, to human beings, those who live in faith, those who live on the edge of believing, or even on the edge of despair. All have, I believe, some hope in their DNA. It's a strange thing, hope. We speak about a little hope, a lot of hope, some hope, lost hope. What is it? And how is it that it's surfaced across streets and urban settings, across nations, across the world. There are great hopes that we know we experience. They're like longings, profound longings that are often difficult to express, that churn deep within our hearts and souls. The longing for forgiveness over a hurt that has gone on too long. The search for some unconditional outpouring of love. The desire for peace that will last in our world. The spiritual thirst for, for meaning in our life. I don't know the persons or person who initiated this time of Advent that has become a season to speak and think about hope. 
But it seems to me that every year it comes at just the right time. Don't you think we were in need of Advent and hope and being able to give a collective sigh in communion with each other this year especially? I thought so. The profound theological meaning of this time of hope has been even more tangible for Christians. So the scriptures for today help us to explore that human spiritual longing and connect it to the spirit of joy that also surrounds our Advent journey. The prophet Isaiah names some of those longings of the human community in his time, that the poor should hear good news, that freedom should come to those who were captive, that a time of favor from the Lord should come to everyone. And Isaiah says, the anointed one of God will do this. So rejoice, Isaiah says. Again, I say, rejoice. Several generations later, Jesus begins his public mission by taking up the scroll of the prophet Isaiah and reading this passage in the synagogue and proclaiming that he is the one who will do this. And he does. A great hope has come to pass, has come to be realized. And Jesus embodies the longing of the people and the promise of God. And when he hands back the scroll, he says, today, today. This is the foundation for the rejoicing that Paul exhorts of the Thessalonians today. He tells them and us today that keeping our lives centered on Christ Jesus will bring joy and sustain us no matter what. It would be hard to make that message any more complicated or any more important for us. Even so, we know it's hard to keep in focus hope because issues like pandemics, violence, hardship of all kinds can get in the way. They deserve our attention but they cannot steal or erode our hope. Let me recall a little story. It had to do with decorating a Christmas tree at the house of a friend of mine several years ago. He asked me if I would join him. I think it was dinner on Thanksgiving. And I said, well, of course. And he said, well, there's a catch. You have to help me decorate the Christmas tree. And he had a huge tree. And so partway through this exercise, 
he suggested that we should stop for a glass of wine. And I said, we should finish first. And he disagreed. And so, that was fine. I kept going, and he gave directions from the chair where he was enjoying his glass of wine. I was almost finished. He was on his second glass at this point, I recall. And he said, here is the last ornament. It's pretty special. It's crystal. And so maybe I should do this. Where would you like me to stick it? Well, there was a pause in the conversation. And I said, well, it may be special, but it won't be anything unless you hang it right in front of a light. The question of Isaiah, the question from the ones who confront John the Baptist, the longing of the early Christians, and our search for hope this Advent is, who will shine the good news of God into a waiting world? John says, there is one among you that you do not recognize. And so we ask, is it me? Is it you? Is it someone we know? Is it a fellow pilgrim? Is it the stranger that has the sign hope in front of their house? We know it is the Messiah. And hopefully it will also be each of us. We can only bring the messianic gifts of goodness and joy, of patience and peace, of justice and hope, if we choose to stand before the light. <laughs>